your name? Fill up. Did you just say fill it up? No. I said fill up. Like P-H-I-L-I-P. You mean Philip. Where'd you get that strange accent? Uh, Chicago, I guess. Interesting. I'm Emily. A milli what? Like a millimeter or a millipede? Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. I'm Kaylee. My name is Ryan. I don't know what you and your husband are planning, but I think it's irresponsible to have more than one kid. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. This is the podcast where we ask, can you blame me for liking this movie? And this week, we watched Little Secrets with Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood, yeah, not not uh, aware of her in anything before Westworld, so this was kind of interesting. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. Beyond interesting, actually. <laughs> it's fascinating to see all the little ticks. I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, so I'm going to read the back of the box real quick. Evan Rachel Wood is, quote, worth watching as a 14-year-old Emily. <laughs> <laughs> worth watching. <laughs> the Neighborhood Secret I agree. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. (laughs) Entrusted by the local kids to keep their secrets safe for a small fee, Emily has a nice little business going. While her friends are away at summer camp, Emily befriends her new next-door neighbor, Philip, while practicing her violin for an important audition with a prestigious symphony. Emily lets Philip in on her secrets, but it isn't long before her innocent game leads to betrayal and hurt, forcing Emily to rethink the game plan, especially when she meets Philip's very cute older brother, David, who has a big secret of his own. Ryan. Wow. When does that (laughs) stop? Wow. It's very long. That Um, description was, how big is the box for this fucking film if they can fit all that on there? And it it also didn't work at all. I don't want to see that. No. What I actually watched, Mm -hmm. I do want to see. Really? Good. Um, okay. So if I have to describe this to people, God, how do I describe this to people? Um, this movie is a very touching example of a driven person that is harboring some sort of secret that feel others will judge them for. So this is what that creates. It's the the dervish of you know problems that are created from holding secrets. Um, and it's explored through a young person's perspective. And of course it is because, you know, it's part of maturing is to stop keeping secrets and to be honest. So um, that's my long convoluted explanation of this movie. No, I like that. Awesome. Yeah. Keeping secrets is a massive part of childhood. They so succinctly put that together for this movie. Yeah. Um, everything about childhood is in this. We talk a lot <laughs> about um, kids' rooms in movies. Yeah, got all the posters on the wall and everything. It says a lot about who the characters are. Keeping secrets from your parents is a big deal, but like finding friends you can trust with those secrets is an even bigger deal. I do re- recall it being a big deal, secret keeping as a child. Um, I don't know. Something happened in my world that 
kind of flipped the whole script for me where that became like the ultimate sin is keeping secrets and being dishonest and, you know, withholding important information, that kind of stuff. It makes you more manipulative than it makes you bonded, right? Absolutely. And at the end of the movie, I think we kind of get that moral message going on. At the end of the movie, everybody does divulge their secrets. So it is like a movie made by grown-ass people trying to warn kids from keeping secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to briefly touch on it, I picked this movie because I I didn't watch it a ton when I was a kid, but it definitely stuck out to me. I'm really concerned about, you know, how this all comes about because this is a fucking serious movie, man. It's very serious. This thing is heady. I was not expecting to go through this much watching this kind of movie. Um, There's drunk driving. There's adoption. There's infertility. mm -hmm. um, There's... uh, pressure academically like there's a lot of really really heavy adult themes in this but it's all marketed to kids there's passion there's like there's focus there's a a judgment of um we've been watching a lot of king of the nerds and this is like (laughs) her friends not accepting her choices because it's not what they're doing Mm -hmm. um you know she's so passionate about her goals in her career that she would rat, you know, she's choosing that over these moments in like camps and things, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. When, when do you watch this for the first time? Uh, I was definitely around like nine or 10. Um, this movie came out in 2001. So I would have been about like six when it came out. Didn't see it until I was nine or 10. I was allowed to watch this movie in my super religious household because I don't of the that. super hyper moral focus. And also David Gallagher. He is What's an, a David Gallagher? David Gallagher is the guy who plays David in the movie. He's an actor from that's the brother? Seventh Heaven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I know him from. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was driving me nuts. So I, my mom, I guess my mom was like, okay, he's in it. He's also in Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. Cool. You can watch this. That's fine. Um, it's not a Disney Channel movie, but it was originally supposed to be a Disney Channel movie. It's very much in that vein, you know? This is so fucking different. <laughs> This movie is just unexpected in so many ways for me. I we've watched a lot of these kids movies, you know, things from this era of mm-hmm. kids movies. Um this is fucking great. Yeah. I don't know, cool. Yeah. I don't know what's you know driving this movie to be made, but there's so much like good intent and well-crafted narrative here. Um I was blown away. Uh, I would let my child watch this any day of the week because it is a really strong and important moral tale. Um, All of it. And I want to get into what problems I have with this. But ultimately, like, I found myself on an emotional roller coaster. I found myself very attached to this in a lot of ways. So, yeah, let's let's move through the movie just a little bit with our notes. Good, Um, totally. I don't want to belabor the narrative because it's pretty simple. It is. Um. The opening sequence comes up and everything, and we're looking around a neighborhood, and the violence starts, and instantly I am like in this movie. I already know what's going to happen in this movie, but that little violin piece, like, yes, thank you. Now I know what I'm in for, and we get to see this whole tour of the town. You know it's, where I don't know so what nice. where, where we're at? Yeah, go ahead. I see this little kid steal, just straight up rip a fucking <laughs> uh, 20 out of his dad's wallet like it's ham out of a sandwich. Yeah. And uh, pockets it. Um, I wasn't sure what's happening at that point because we're seeing some, some bad stuff happening, right? Some kids being bad. Right, right. We see all the main 
side kids. I don't know what to call them. And they're doing this the fast kids. motion shit in between everything, oh which God. was very tra- like this movie does not start off well. I will say that uh, does that- not. If you can stomach the um, the fast forwarding sequences as they're like <laughs> zooming around it, between the houses, it's like, not like good. It's not a good sign for what is to come when you do that. No, and uh, unfortunately, it's so different in unlike the rest of the film. Um, it, it was almost as if when they're editing it, it was like this is so dumb to follow these kids in real time like this. They probably had it in real time. Yeah. No, it was like they got the director from Malcolm in the Middle to film the opening sequence. And then they were just like, nah, this is not working. Let's let's use somebody else. Well, and we watch so many scenes that are pretty realistic scenarios. So um, I can see why the director would include kids just walking around the neighborhood like that because that's how it works totally you see that um it's a nice neighborhood these kids have problems this kid steals a 20 out of his dad's wallet and is still like fumbling around with it like when the dad comes back um yeah there's a crazy cat kid who um just pulls a cat right out of her purse let's, let's let's um now get to why we know all of these kids so well is because they are all lining up to meet our lead character for her little secret or secret keeper booth. It's mm-hmm. like a lemonade stand, but for keeping secrets. <laughs> and these kids all show up with their broken things. Yeah. Uh, their things that they, you know, are uncomfortable telling their parents about, whatever it is. And they're telling Evan Rachel Wood's character, uh, Emily, Emily. Uh, all of these secrets. And she keeps them. It is know, in, straight in out of various the ways. Peanuts cartoon, right? It's adorable. It's so cute. Yeah. And it, they all the come up with their... Great. They're very basic problems. It's just adorable, man. We universally, as adults, have a lot of shit going on. It was so nice to take an hour and just deal with kid problems. (laughs) It's awesome whenever our kid comes up to me with her kid problems. Sometimes I'm like, dog, maybe not right now. But most of the time I'm like, yeah, take me out of my adult problems for a second and tell me about how you have an owie or a bug bite. I'm <laughs> well, that, all about it. That immediately leads me to the fact that we can't watch anything when our kid is not at home that is not kid related. That oh, is not fact. somehow like super touching and super reminiscent of our relationship with our child, whatever it may be. Um, we just can't avoid it. Even if we try to avoid it, mm-hmm. we dive into heavy stuff somehow. So uh, par for course here. Uh, and I believe that's happened on another episode. But um, Commando, uh, yeah. we watched for Father's Day. That was intentional, though. But either way, mm-hmm. the <laughs> kids are adorable. We get the setup. And then we see a new family moving in, and that's when we find the homie from Sky High, right? Yes. Michael Arganano. Uh, our, um Angarano? So how do they Angarano? meet? Let, let's uh, he yeah. he fucks something up while he breaks the chess piece. Yeah, they're moving in, and you know he's uh, moving the chess uh, board or whatever. Breaks the piece, and how do they bump into each other? I forget how that. He happens. is trying to bury the chess piece in her mother's rose garden. Is that a euphemism? Yep, most definitely okay. yes. Yeah, <laughs> trying to bury the knight in the rose garden. Yeah. Um, and, and the night's got a curve, I think. What a lovely little meat cute that they have right there. Yes. Um, yeah. So she's like, don't worry about this. I got it. Her solution <laughs> to all these kids' problems is a brown paper bag and a box in her playhouse. I love it. Well, <laughs> it's also the peace of mind that I love it. It's so cathartic. I, this movie is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I, I think it's so nice for these neighborhood kids to have a counselor 
Yeah. This girl seems to really care and she gives him advice too. It's not just, you know, uh, let me hear it. Cause that's kind of the um Catholic thing, you know, you're giving your confession. Oh, confession. She says very clearly it's not a confession. Right. It's not a confession, but it is because that's all that's going on. And then she gives him recommendations on how to move forward with the secret, right? Right. So I just love this from the jump. And you do start to get to meet some characters here. The different kids are giving us different things. The little girl who is catfishing this kid, Jordan, on... I, AOL her, chats or whatever. Which is Emily's best friend's little sister. Yeah. And Remind- Emily's best friend is at camp. I hardcore identified with this character as a little kid, like okay. wearing her mom's heels and everything and her older sister's jewelry and the red hair and the pigtails. That was so me all day. So is she catfishing or is she pretending to be her older sister? She is pretending to be her older sister. However, that is catfishing. Like of course, by definition. Of course. I, I, I'm yeah. sorry. That's um, It's like the genus species. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how, how did this come about? <laughs> what specific part of this is? It, yeah. Is this? Sorry. We meet all these l- different little weirdos. <laughs> They are very bizarre in some There's cases. There's a kid who's trying to dig to China. And oh, like- <laughs> and we get the gong, of course. Oh. Yeah, okay. They that's, zoom that's in on the That's something that's blow. popping up way too frequently in these movies. It's a problem. So, so- and we're, we're starting to experience this. I think even in Police Academy, we hear a gong like when you first see, um, I can't think of the character's name. But yes. But- Either way. It's a problem, everybody. Yeah, Stop problems. doing it. Problems galore. Problems. Um, yeah, he's trying to dig to China. I feel like that is so little kid. Every little kid has tried to dig to China. I tried I to dig to I China. Tried. I definitely did. I thought about it. My older sister and I, we were like, yep, we're going to do it. Today's the day. Got shovels out, yeah. dug a hole in the backyard. Yeah, yeah man. So we, uh, we start to get some video of... Uh, her friends at camp. Yes. They're making cute little uh, VHSs and mailing them back and forth to each other. This is the most adorable thing ever. Like, step aside traveling pants. This is way better. But why are you wasting all your time making videos for your friend that's not at camp? Because making videos is so fucking fun. Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose. When but- I oh, Sidebar, real quick. When I was a little kid, my sisters and I, we got a video camera for Christmas one year. And it was the best gift I think we have ever had. We have tons upon tons of VHSs of us as a little kid making our own movies and taking it on hikes so we could shoot background footage and stuff. It was awesome, right? And we would just like pretend to interview each other. This is so iconically little kid and so iconically like 90s kid that I'm just, I'm all for it, man. I love it. (laughs) I got big heart for this bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel you. Well, she is not at camp because she's studying and practicing for this audition. She missed out on what they said they were at camp for like a month. It, yeah, I couldn't get a sense of that because they were still asking her to come to camp. Yeah, they were like, the there's video. two weeks left. But the reason I, I really was like, I, I, I was distracted. I couldn't really focus on what was going on at first because they were zooming in on a grainy video. Yeah. And I didn't understand what that choice was. I mean, why couldn't we see a wide of that? Why did we have to zoom in and be like super pixelated on that? It just looked fucking terrible. I think it was also just there was this kid who never shows up again, but this little boy comes running out in front and he says, you're a very nice developing young woman. So gross, man. Well, that leads me to Evan 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 
Roots? <laughs> Evan Rachel Woods. Yeah. Um, is how old in this? Um, she her character is fourteen. So she's probably sixteen. Yeah, probably. Okay. Clearly her, right? But distinctly very young, like yeah. very young, and and that's at the beginning. But as we watch this, like. She's aging in this movie. Yeah. It's weird as hell. This is so fascinating. I was listening to a podcast literally the other day that had Reese Witherspoon on it, and it was talking about a, a movie that she was shooting while she was, you know, going through the changes. And the director was like, your costumes don't fit anymore. Stop eating donuts. She got home and she cried about this to her mom. And her mom was like, no, your boobs came in, okay? <laughs> it's not the fucking donuts. You yeah. you are changing. You I wasn't changed more, so quickly at that age, you know? Yeah, I wasn't so much referring to that as I was like, in her face, you could start to see her mature. Oh, yeah. Like, her, everything about her just became more, closer to what we've seen in her recent work. Versus, yes. you know, where we start in this movie, which is a, you know... And who knows how they shot this, but either way, it might be something about the narrative itself because she does grow in this movie. The character is also growing. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I could talk about this movie for a while, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, zoomed That's in good. videos, uh, we get uh, the full picture. She would rather focus on the music, and I'm immediately attached to her. Uh, this is what children should be doing. If you, oh are, if you are passionate about something, yeah. live that, yeah. breathe that. And she's doing it. I was so proud of her for avoiding all this fucking nonsense. And you know how I know that, you know, I was right? Is because later in the film, these girls come back home, they have a moment, and... They didn't really have that much fun at camp. Yeah. Meanwhile, she stayed home and furthered her career and met new people. Exactly. Worked her ass off, was raising money. I love this character so much. She is so determined. And yeah, I, I identified with her drive. But I mean, like my older sister played violin and, and I look up to my older sister so much. So watching this movie with her, like I identified my older sister as this character a lot. She had a lot of drive. She's very intelligent. It just seemed to fit, you know? So when I'm watching this movie as a little kid, I'm like, yes, give me that older sister who can like full on keep these secrets for me. That's great. So you're Grace. Um, yep. I'm the little baby. Well, let me just, uh, we may have to cut this part, but um, let's just talk about how fucking weird it is that you can't see yourself in these characters instead of your sister. Ooh, I, I because see, I see more of you in this character than your sister by far. I see more of myself in the little girl in her mom's shoes, who's just full on wreaking havoc on her older sister's life. That that was full on me as a kid. I was like a crazy well, again, we're child. getting. I mean, we're in the you know counselor's chair at this point when we're talking <laughs> about why you would identify with a problematic child versus a driven young woman. Right? Sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, that was always my sister. She always had, uh, like, so much more drive, and she played violin, but so it just seemed to you match. You keep deflecting. You sound like our child now. But I just... But, but I just... Yeah. But, but, so but... it's like, why... You, there are elements of you in this character, for sure, and I, I would think, if this is important to you, somehow you identified with this main character. I think I'm far more like the main character than I was the first time I watched this. I was not 14 yet. Yeah, okay. I was 10. 14 yeah. was a very long way away. Okay, so that's probably very important. I mean, and, and uh, certainly as far as this podcast, as far as this podcast goes, Dish because <laughs> it's um, it's initial perception versus 
perception now. Um, and we tend to still see it through our first reactions, right? Uh, that's kind of what's strange about doing this is I'll go back to stuff I watched when I was a small kid and probably haven't watched it since. And I still see it through that lens in like in most of the ways. <laughs> like, I do, there are very like yeah. few deviations from that. I still I you know, I still like it for the same reasons, I guess. I, I definitely still like this movie for the same reasons, for sure. Like, uh, How could you not like this movie? It's so brilliant. Um, but now, like, uh, the little girl wreaking havoc, causing problems, not wanting to answer for them. That was how I definitely identified at that age. Now, yeah, I think I do have a lot more ambition, and are I do you, identify more with the main Are character. you sure you weren't walking around and asking every boy <laughs> if they played an instrument? <laughs> I was. <laughs> That's the problem. I literally, um, I got this t-shirt at a thrift store and it was my favorite t-shirt it said but are you in a band boom it was the coolest shirt ever there you are right um, there yeah and i was like i'm just gonna wear this and whenever <laughs> a boy tries to talk to me i'm just gonna point to my shirt nice i, I would that, brag about this to all my friends man well, that's fucking solid they thought it was so fucking funny it was the best. And like, I wish I still had this shirt so yeah. I could memorialize it <laughs> in some kind of hanging in my office or something. All right. So that kind of attitude from our homegirl leads us to um, meeting Philip. Well, we should talk about their first encounter before I get to this. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. Breaks a chess piece. She ends up putting it in a paper bag and hiding it in a chest, along with all of the other broken items that the kids in the neighborhood have but brought her. they start to you know, introduce each other. Well, hey, most important part, she barges in on their house the day they move in to play violin with a TV. Kaylee, they meet <laughs> each other. She says, he says, my name is Philip. <laughs> it must be my and Chicago And she says, accent. fill it up? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what she heard was fill it up? Mm-hmm. And he says, no, Philip. And then where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, what's your name? And then she says, Emily, loud and clear, well articulated. And uh -huh. guy, <laughs> he's so raw about what she just said to him. <laughs> he's like, oh, you, <laughs> so your name's Emily. <laughs> like Millimeter? Massacres it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he does say Emily, Emily Blitter or something. I do right? want to... Because then he starts calling her um, Millipede or something. Right? Yeah, Millimeter. Mill millimeter? Millimeter. Let's, that's millimeter. not what he calls her. It's Fill him up with Millimeter. <laughs> yeah, when she's in the hospital, I swear that's what he calls Fill her. Fill him up with a millimeter? Yeah. A milliliter. A milliliter? Yikes. This is um, where this movie <laughs> is very strange. I, I don't... The fill it up part is very strange, but that becomes a nickname for him. Yeah, which is complicated. Fill it up. <laughs> Fill it up, Philip. Fill it up, Linux. Yeah. He calls himself that. Yeah. That's his Hilarious. name. Um, that's going to be his name well into college. But yeah. I'm, thank you. Um, yeah. If I heard my daughter call somebody that, I'd have problems. Um, serious problems. Okay. They so meet, they meet. And, and it's, it's business. She is taking his secret. Mm-hmm. He happens to have the quarters to pay her for it. Uh, he's surprised that she's charging him. Little kids do not be having quarters, this is though. Such a I, I said Nichols, to you while we were dimes, watching this, I, maybe. I, I carry change all the time in the era of payphones. So, yeah, we had that. All but, right. But this is not that era, so you might be right. Um, either way, this is not really a warm 
introduction for the two of them. And she's so obsessed with uh, music, which I applaud, mm-hmm. um, but her dad won't let her watch uh, a live performance of her favorite composer in the DC Symphony because mm-hmm. uh, he wants to watch the game. Yeah. Fucking Braves game. The like, Braves get game? Get the fuck out of here. A the baseball Braves game? game? Your, your fucking crazy talented daughter wants to uh, play a lot. We find out when she goes mm. to the other, na- you know, she goes to one neighbor, they're not answering. She, so she tries the new people. They are so nice to let her in and they put up rabbit ears. Uh, if you don't know what rabbit ears are, it's an antenna uh, for, a, <laughs> for catching TV signals over the air. But um, they're... They're so generous to let her in. And then we find out she plays live with it. Yeah. She plays along with it. She rehearses the piece Mm -hmm. before the performance, watches it, and plays along with it. I was mind blown by this. I was so impressed by this character. And I I relate so much to this character. You pretend to be where you want to be until you get there. Absolutely. That's the attitude right there. You act like you're there until you are actually there. Totally. Absolutely. Love yes. her. Yeah. So, but really like kind of heartbreaking too, because her family, you, you realize doesn't understand her passion and they're not really I super think, supportive. Yeah. I think they get it and they're very supportive. The problem is the mom is pregnant and her mind is elsewhere. And the dad's what mind up with dad, is though? elsewhere. Dad wants to watch baseball with his boy. She even suggests dad go out to a sports bar. I'd be like, you know what, daughter? Hell yeah. You're correct. Let's awesome. Me and my buddy do that. Wife doesn't agree. Well, the daughter said, "Well, no, I should okay. go to a sports bar." Uh, we didn't see any dirty looks from the mom. I mean, I think she would have been. That's fine. the thing. The mom was not objecting. Just go to the sports exactly. bar. Yeah, bro. She she didn't seem to care either way. And the mom should have said, "Hey, why don't you go to the sports bar?" Seriously, be supportive, mom. Weirdo. Pregnant mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, she goes over and she's fucking amazing. And this is when. Uh, Philip ends up falling in love with her, right? He's like, wow, she's really good. Mm -hmm. And we have this very weird moment where David, the older brother that she ends up crushing on, sees her from behind and he's like, yeah, she's very talented. That's nice. But never sees her face. This bothers me a little bit. It's that, that character is so complicated, man. It's too convenient. The big brother is so complicated. It's way too convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. The whole situation is really weird. If it were my first night moved into a new house, no, I'm not letting some kid come over with a violin. I would be um, very confused why that was happening. But ultimately, you know, she starts playing and they come down and everyone is so moved by this. And I mean, rightfully so. It's a beautiful moment. God damn, this movie is good. Yeah. Right around here, um, we find... And Evan Rachel Woods is good. I mean... She is. It takes a certain person to play this part to where you are invested and you kind of just let go and follow this right and believe right. in them so the team um the the people who made this movie i don't know what to call them team the, i like the it. team mm-hmm. um sent evan rachel woods a violin um, prior to shooting, and she studied the movements off of videos. She, she did a very good job. She was at mimicking, literally watching yeah. concerts, just like the character, in order to learn how to move. It, really. it was really, really cool to read up on this. Um, five minutes before recording this podcast, ha <laughs> ha, <laughs> yeah, man. Take it till you make it. Yeah, she can kind <laughs> of play violin. Was the impression that I got from um, the article that I read? It made me want to play violin. And it's so funny that we're working on the thing for uh, the homie Cub, and um, 
he was obsessed with violins as well. Like he and I always wanted to buy one and, and play one uh, on tracks for real. Um, and we just never did it. He bought one, but of course he didn't know how to play it for shit. Yeah. Um, well, they were a pain in the ass to keep tuned yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, to tune in general. It's, I know it's better. Hard. Like I, I'm a guitar player, and uh, that's troublesome enough. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this whole bit um, where she's playing with the TV and everything reminded me a lot of how our kid will act out RuPaul in front of RuPaul's Drag Race, and it really just makes you wonder why we're watching our let our child watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really makes you wonder why we allow this to happen. Um, no judgment, audience. Please. Please, no judgment. No judgment, um, audience. But it really made me wonder, now that I'm watching this as an adult and a parent, what is our kid going to be obsessed with? You know? At 14, I was hardcore obsessed with one band in particular, and I would watch their music videos religiously, and I was like, yeah, I totally want to do this and everything. And... You know, I'm wondering what that's going to be for our kid at 14. It's kind of exciting. I try not to think about that kind of stuff right now. I'm trying to enjoy the now and and really recognize that, like, I can't get this back. That's true. You know? You know, that's true. I will eventually no longer see my kid strut her stuff in front of the TV screen when RuPaul is on. Yeah. I'm already lamenting not spending some more time during certain periods where she was just like adorably like weird and did like, <laughs> you know, certain things. It, it, we don't need to get into the details, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's one of those things about parenthood where you try to hold on to parts of, time, you know, periods of time. Yeah. And um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a tough struggle because uh, some, sometimes you want to move on real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me get through this growing yeah. pain real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's that's something to keep in mind is, um, you know, it doesn't matter where we end up because I want to be there the whole way. Oh, right. Dang. That's beautiful. Yeah. Put that in a movie. This movie. Because this movie is so touching. Seriously. How do who fucking wrote this movie? Because it's not, it's cheesy Mm -hmm. in parts, but when it's not, it is so real and so moving and God damn it. It just touches on something that's so relatable to, I feel like pretty much anybody. I, I, yeah. I'd have a hard time thinking you could watch this and not, you know, be moved in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Me as a full-on adult, still enjoying it. Um, eventually, we get to a point where um, Emily has to have a secret that Philip has to keep, right? Plot-wise, we need that balance. Of course. Um, Again, all the, like, moving, you know, the parts that are necessary to move this well, mm-hmm. they're all there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she ends up um, revealing that she has, quote, high tea with her mom's best china. And this is just the waspiest shit I have ever heard of. Um, But we need it for the plot. A cup ends up breaking. And um, now she has a bag in the chest. They put the, the cup into a paper bag and stick it in the chest in her playhouse. And they have to go into town to get a new tea set. So we have this cute little romantic train ride where they're like, you know, riding off on a mission. I just, I love this whole little bit when I was a little kid. It was really cute. It's wonderful. I mean, it's almost Spielberg-esque, this whole thing. Yeah. No, I, actually, yeah, that's a really good... You just, it, you increase the stakes of this film. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is the nuance of like that really nice 80s Spielberg stuff. Like Christopher Columbus films all the way. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. Even that. 
Yeah, I mean, because it's got some some edge to it, I would say. Um, it's touching on some serious shit, so, you know, in that way, it's not as family-friendly. And it's treating kids like intelligent human beings. Instead of, like, talking, it does not talk down to kids, and that right. is... The thing that stuck out the most to me as a kid. The homie Philip is so real. Like, this kid <laughs> plays the the coolest... I, man, I love this character. I love his execution of this character. And I'm so mad because we're going to get to what I'm mad about. Oh, okay. So yeah, mad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they end up finding the teacup at... Um, I don't know, Dollar General. I don't know what yeah, to call so the one dollar. Of the dudes at a the, dollar uh, store. The China store said the best kept secret in town is, you know, this fucking dollar store has something that looks exactly like it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. So I thought it was that their discontinued patterns or whatever. They Went just shimp up off to the dollar store. Nope. They oh, no, because wow. uh they even said um if she doesn't look under it, she won't know the difference. Oh, okay. The name is different too. That's interesting. Wow. Well, I have learned something. They end up running into a um, busker, a guy who's playing violin on the street for money. And he plays, uh, what is a Star Spangled Banner or... Yeah, he was playing the National Anthem. National Anthem. Thank you. I knew it was one of those. Um, Ends up playing the National Anthem. She gets the tiniest little golf club. She has like Ben and Jerry's in one hand and she's just like kind of like lightly clapping with that. It was so ridiculous. Like, don't (laughs) clap. They had some OG Ben and J's, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just just whistle or something. Drop that shit to clap for a busker. I mean... When you Especially play not when she's about to show anthem. him up with his own violin. That's... This bothered me so much. Yeah, it was kind of a weird move. Nobody likes to show off. And I'm not giving my instrument to some random kid on the street. No, you know what I have no. to say to that? What? Who gives? Who gives? <laughs> One of the girls says that later in the movie. Who, Who gives? Not what gives. What does gives? that mean? Who gives? Who gives? Who gives? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know how exactly we came around to this uh, particular conversation, but there's a conversation that happens between Emily and Philip, where she's like, "My parents just don't understand," and out of fucking nowhere, Philip is like, "Well, maybe they're not your real parents." Yeah, foreshadowing. Well, no, no, no. I get that though, because again, it touches to them not being super supportive of her playing along to these concerts and things. I would know if my 14-year-old daughter played along to live concerts. Yeah, I would for know sure. That. And yeah. I would know it was important to her. I would mark it on the calendar. And I would buy another television. Yeah, dude, that was that was weird. It is 2001, but I feel like at 2001, people that rich would have more than one TV. They're not rich, but they have enough for a small television. They have a nice fucking house, man. They have enough for another it's, small television. It's really nice. Okay. And and if, if if she's getting this shit over the air, they don't need cable for it. Mm-hmm. Extra cheap, right? Like this is absurd to me. It's on PBS, everybody. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Very upset about that. Um, parents, be more. Just supported. don't understand. <laughs> parents just don't understand. Um, yeah, it seemed like it came out of the blue. And when I was a little kid watching this, of course, I didn't see the foreshadowing. And I was like, oh, she's adopted? When they do the big reveal, <laughs> oh, I, was I was calling shocked. it left and right. Like, like We're now, watching this thing, and I'm calling every little oh, turn. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. it's now it's really, really obvious. Because they, it's supposed to work that way. 
Yeah. And I'm expecting you to pull out some sort of literary references here because to me it's just so poetic the whole, the way the whole movie moves like the 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 excuse me the whole, the way the story moves mm-hmm. is so poetic and like balanced and it works and it's you know there are very few flaws in anything other than like performance or editing, right? But okay. the overall story is really well put together, I think. Oh, it's brilliant. They do a really, really fun twist with the adoption thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was fascinating. Like, even watching it now, it's I have cheap to do what yeah, they did, but I haven't seen this movie in stories, you know, in a long time. So I didn't remember how everything went down. I couldn't remember if she knew she was adopted or not. Mm-hmm. So when we got that extra of reveal, I thought for sure the mom was going to be like, I have a secret to tell my daughter. She's adopted. Dun, dun, dun. No. That would have been I mean, terrible. Yeah. That and, was her, it was her choice to keep. Yeah. That secret. And um, it's a little weird, but you know, if that's the hill that you feel like dying on as a kid, that's the hill you're going to die her on. And right? painful for her. Yeah, um, yeah man. I it's, can relate to all that shit, man. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Um, so at some point in the film, Philip ends up getting piano lessons. And this scene is very adorable. Dude. He's like playing scales and everything. And he's like, that's nice. But let's play this. And he puts up like the Mozart book and he's exactly like, what she wants to do a duet with her future husband. Yeah. You know, she wants to do a duet of Doug, uh Philip is putting in the work, okay. Do you know the name of the song? <clears throat> no, of course not. Um, uh, well, either way, it's a piano and violin piece, and that's what she wants to do with like, you know, a special person. Uh so yeah, he immediately wants to dive into that. <laughs> also, love that. Yeah. Oh my god. I love those two spirits right there. Those two personalities and their energy work for me so well. And I just have to jump forward. The fact that they don't end mm-hmm. up together blows my motherfucking mind. It's very upsetting. It's it's the biggest flaw in this movie to me. I mean, this is gonna be a, a super um I don't know, tensiony movie in the future where like she ends up married to David, but she was in love with Philip the whole time and that was who she was actually supposed to be with. Oh yeah. What David is- gets another DUI. Yeah. And then um he's there and supportive, you know, and helping him out and all oh that stuff. Oh my god. And we need to write this. This, this is- the sequel is is there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is good fanfic, actually. Well, uh, you know, everybody has their secrets, and even the parents get in on this. We start to get the trade-off of secrets from the two main characters, Emily and Philip, mm-hmm. and they start bonding like crazy. They start hanging out. It's just a wonderful relationship, um, but even the parents get in on the secret game, and they start to um, try to... I think they try to relate connect. to their kid. Right, yes. right. So they're like, she's so bottled up. All she does is keep secrets to herself. Yeah. So maybe we could bond over that. And I didn't realize they knew about the secret keeper booth. Oh, for sure. But, it's but in the mom their shows yard. up and is like, hey, yeah, let's go to my um, ultrasound. Ultrasound, and which I'll, is, I'll reveal a secret to you. Yeah, which is where we get the ultimate reveal that um, babies this, come from vaginas. Babies come from vaginas. <laughs> but this Emily baby vaginas did not come what? from that vagina. Excuse me? That Emily baby did not come from that mama vagina. This is <laughs> this is the the point that we get here. It's showing the intuition of Philip's character. Kind of. Yeah. 
The kid wow. is so smart. He's very perceptive. Yes. And he's, um, I think he's an empath. Like he is really into the energy of this girl. Like he, he doesn't want to like her, but he is, it's magnetic. He emotionally connects to her. Yes. For sure. He yeah. gets it. Yeah. And he's fascinated by her as well. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing with um, kids who have a lot of ambition. Other kids will latch on to that kid with all that ambition and just like a, hang on for the ride. You know, I I really liked that she knows. And this is her big secret. I don't fully understand why she feels shame about it. She has nothing to feel shame over. Like her parents um, got It's painful, hit. Is this how this? It was a they drunk were, driver. She says hit head on by a drunk driver. So, uh, and she was in the car. Dog, this gets super morbid when she eventually tells David this. Yeah, she's like, well, she doesn't give him all those details, really. She says, "Oh, you mean at the end? At all the way at the end? Yeah, hit um head on by a drunk driver. Parents died. The guy only goes to jail for a year, and then a month later he." died in another drunk driving incident. Which is why she said they'll do it again. And yeah. So morbid. So I hated that part of the film where she's super judgmental. But of course, I knew there was some reason that we... And I, I get it. I get it. I understand why somebody that has that history and that trauma in their life would be so hyper-focused on that. Especially um, a kid. But thank God this movie plays out the way it does mm -hmm. and he shows that he is a good person and he is thoughtful. He listens. You know, she never... Okay, let's just, you know, kind of reveal what happens. Um, she ends up in the hospital... <laughs> I can't, we can't we can't just skip over this. No, 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 we can't. We also <laughs> I just realized I was so about much. to jump over the craziest there's moment of the film. So much. But ultimately um th they help her to get an audition because she can't make an audition. Right. And um it's all because of things that both brothers have heard from her and uh, cared about her um or, you know, respected about her. Um, and they were motivated to go help and uh, make sure that she could possibly secure this audition. Um, it's a very powerful thing that these these boys did. And um, it shows a lot of character, but it also, um, I think, is still driven by Philip. Yeah, Philip really, really wants to get to know her. I don't think his big brother does this without Philip. No, definitely not. I mean, David has absolutely no moral compass at this point. And, and he's slowly starting to get one. David was away at tennis camp, um, gets into a drunk driving incident of his own. Um, he's a passenger, a 15-year-old passenger. But he was drinking and his friend who is driving was also drinking. And they're mad drinking. at him because he didn't stop his friend from driving. Right. While also being 15 and drunk. Awesome. That's a lot to ask yeah. of a drunk 15-year-old. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, what the not fuck great. is wrong with these people? But I mean, like, this is kids. There's you know, when you're that age, you're so inundated into dare and drugs are bad. You're mad at a 15-year-old boy for being drunk and not telling another 15-year-old boy to not drive a car? Keeping in mind that this is a 14-year-old girl who has probably never drank before and has definitely never been drunk before. But even the parents... Kind of makes sense. I mean, the whole vibe of the film creates this narrative that he is at fault to him. Even he admits like, oh, I would never do that again. You're never going to be a drunk passenger in a car again? Because you may not have known he was drunk. 
Right. That's very true. I mean, the the problem the parents have is that he was drinking to begin with. And they do say, like, I'm glad that he's okay. You know, I'm just happy that he's safe. Well, I do love Philip's parents. I think they're fantastic. And they are a great model for parenthood. They have one child that's going through some shit. They're still supportive. They're there for that kid. Yeah. Um. They're older folks, they're older parents, um, and they're still doing their best, and they're still honest about it, right? Well, they're kind of trying to hide it from the neighborhood so that the neighbors that, don't that judge That particular this kid. issue with the child, yes, with their with the older brother, yeah. Um, but I can understand that. They need that for him. He yeah. needs that. Yeah, he's a new kid in a new town. Yeah. Absolutely. He doesn't need some stigma, you know... Um, that's a terrible age right there. 15 years old? Oh, my fuck God. Fuck me, dude. Yeah, that's that's very true. Very tough. So, and that leads us back to the main character. I mean, she's 14, turning 15, and she knows what she wants to do. This is an important uh, part of her life, um, and she's doing all the right things except for holding on to a secret. Yeah. I think it's so crazy that these and it's not crazy it's it's intentional hopefully mm-hmm. because this is a 14 to 16 important things do happen to you i i think whether it you know you had a problematic life or not something inevitably is going to happen in that time period oh yeah i mean yeah yeah it, it's it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with secrets right it no. could just be something that but i feel like everybody in that time period experiences something that's kind of life changing or like that's eye-opening at, at the very least. Definitely. If nothing else, it's the same stuff that has been happening to you, but now you see it from a totally different perspective. Right. You know? Um, and and I, I feel like that's kind of where Emily is. She's been listening to these little kids for, I guess, a while, and now it's a totally different perspective. Is that not She's somewhat representative going. of, you know, wanting not wanting to move on yet? Yeah, it is weird. I don't know how believable it is for a 14-year-old girl to have a Peanuts psychology booth and be listening to little kids tell their secrets. I mean, she's only getting 50 cents per pop here. Yeah, seriously. And why? You know, why charge them any money to begin with? I know. I mean, that's what I don't understand. She's probably getting, you know, six bucks in a day. Yeah. What's the point? Maybe. I'm, I'm really not sure why she does this. It's self-gratifying. I'm keeping a, a, a secret. I want to help others keep secrets. Yeah, but she has a superpower that exists outside of this, right? She She's in touch with that need to hold something in. She she relates to these kids. That's all it is. Okay. It's just to feel that connection and to understand somebody else and also feel understood at the same time, I think. God, that's because so deep and depressing for a kid's movie. This movie is so much like that, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the f- holy shit. This movie is crazy deep. Yeah. We eventually arrive at the baby shower and it gets even deeper. She um, is being pursued by David. She is an ambitious young woman. She does not have time for this little boy. He's like cornering her. Yeah. Yeah. And he like touches her hair. It really creeped me out. His brother had just made a comment about how. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, like her. No, I don't like her. She's got hair in her face all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's so real, though. Yeah. Like, 14-year-old girls with hair in their face. (laughs) Yeah. So we just heard that, and then, of course, we had the scene where he tries to kind of push the hair. But he doesn't even push it. He doesn't brush it out of her face. He, like, Mm -hmm. grabs it. (laughs) Yeah. 
like it's a bug <laughs> and he's he's helping her out yeah. um yeah she blows up at him at the baby shower and is like fuck off i don't want you yeah you're full of trouble i'm with that i know what you did last summer yeah That's i heard what, what you had done she knew. She knew. And then David gets mad at Philip. They have like little brother brawl. If this was real life, he would have beat the crap out of his little brother. Because yeah. that's how little brothers work, right? Like, yes. Big old brother fight. I can't believe you. It's going to be like they're rolling on the ground like stepbrothers. It's yeah. um, stepbrothers the movie. Uh-huh. Not stepbrothers the concept. Well, in real life, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, too. sure. Totally. <laughs> I, I wanted that. It didn't happen. I thought that would have been funny. It's cool. Um, she totally breaks down, man. She has a meltdown, locks herself in her room. Can relate. Definitely did that as a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. But then Vivica A. Fox comes by. And we haven't talked about her at all. I love her yeah. in this role. I was shocked to see her name in the credits. And uh, she plays the magical black lady. Um. Well, <laughs> It's a little unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that too. It, it didn't occur to me while we were watching it, but yeah, she is kind of. She's the teacher. The um, Emily turns to her at one point and says, um, "I am just, I just admire you, or, or so some, much. It's your talent and your poise." Yeah, and 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 she starts to list off the the reasons why she admires her and looks mm -hmm. up to her. And it just made me nervous. I wasn't sure. It was, was a little weird. Up. I thought the big secret was going to be that she can't have any kids. And that's why she really Vivica didn't. Fox's character? Yeah. And that's why she didn't want to go to this baby shower. Mm -hmm. And it felt like that was what they were leading up to. And then uh, the big secret is that she was third chair for five seasons. And uh, they asked her to leave. Instead symphony. of her choosing to dip out. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a super big secret. It's also nothing to be ashamed of. No, but everybody had to have a secret in this movie. And it really it felt inevitable. like the secret was going to be that she can't have kids. Mm. And maybe that's what the script was. And they were like, in this very adult concept kids movie, we cannot have that. Absolutely not. I think I thought that the big secret was going to be that she had picked the wrong violin teacher. <laughs> She is in every Hallmark movie. Oh, my God. And she always says, you picked the wrong real estate agent or You just something. explained the joke. I don't know that we had to do that. Along that line. Yeah. I mean, not everybody watches Hallmark movies like we what? do. I know. Seriously. These crazy people who don't know Hallmark has the best shit. Well, yeah, we're, they do. We're finally at that point where um, she yeets out the window. <laughs> She no okay that's not that's not appropriate. It's not fair. Um, she goes out. She's she's stroking the ego of Vivica A. Fox, talking about how much she appreciates her. And hey, no, no, no! I got to go out and get my violin. We're still on for a lesson, right? Right. This goes girl, out on the yeah. roof. The roof. The roof. This girl who cares about her music so much just leaves her violin on the, the roof. The violin is on a music stand. Yeah. On a roof. Those are the flimsiest things ever built by a human being. Absolutely, they are pure junk. Yeah, I don't know why they exist, and I don't know why you'd ever put anything on them that's not paper. I full-on believe people should just carry around podiums. If you're a musician, just carry around a podium. You mean a lectern? Or a lectern. Podium or a lectern. The, yeah. You're Either the way. English major, though. Either so, way. <laughs> carry around one or the other. Fuck off with those metal stands. Um, 
yeah, that was so. It was already strange that she wasn't ready for the lesson and had the fucking violin outside. Like, she, why is she playing violin on the roof all the time? She was gonna do that for uh, the baby shower. She was gonna play for uh, everybody but at she, the baby shower. That was. This and... is the next day. No, 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 no. This is still at the baby shower when this happens, because. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You've yeah, yeah, she falls down in front of everybody. Yeah. Okay. So the. Uh, <laughs> I knew the violin was gonna fall. I oh, mean, yeah. it was just. I knew it, and I I wasn't happy about it, but it was mm-hmm. it had to happen as part of the story, right? I I agree with this, you know, the direction of this story. I, I celebrate it. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. The thing I did not expect is a full on fucking cartwheel from this. <laughs> This Your 14 year old girl just going to get a goddamn violin. Your reaction, you were literally, you were screaming at the TV. It was it is, so great. We, we agreed we have to watch it again because it's so absurd the way it all happens. <laughs> um, I mean, she kind of slips. There's nothing to make her slip, right? She just kind of goes, whoop, whoop, whoa. Uh, very uh, Chevy Chase. Um, yeah, and, and falls off the Very roof. much. Almost to her death. Yeah. Uh, the violin falls head first. So it, it's almost, to me, when you're going to show the violin landing, mm-hmm. you need it to be parallel to the way, artistically, the way the character's body falls. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's yeah. symbolic of the, of the way the character hits. So it made me very afraid for what was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> because the head of... Like this is actually a movie about a little girl whose spine right totally into the rock snaps. shatters. So yeah. I'm thinking now she is done, done so. Or like paralyzed in some at the kind very of least. capacity. At the right. very least, she's done so. She's like the fact that she even fell off the roof spelled doom. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Why would she need to fall off the roof? We could just have the violin fall off the roof, and then she can't do the audition. Everything else works the same. Totally, but we have to have a heart-to-heart moment in a hospital, and also the mom has to go into labor at the same time. Because know? we need all of these parallels and all of these balances, oh, right? Oh, so much. Yeah, so Which much I love. is going on I in love this that. movie. So much. I just, you know, I, one of the things that was bothering me about, uh, <laughs> bothering mm. me about this was if that had not happened, if she had not fallen, right? I think we just figured that out. Because the violin still would have crashed, right? Yeah. No, because when her falling knocked the violin over some. But I mean, like the violin could have fallen and she didn't have to, but she does. She ends up at the hospital. Um, No, no, no. This is why this has to happen. Philip and David have to take the VHS to the audition. She is in the hospital. Right. Okay. Misses the audition. So Philip and David take this VHS that they, um, that Philip recorded her playing violin to the audition they're like look here's the situation also here's something about the nutcracker and bam she gets it and it's all because two people listened to the person who listens to everybody else so what happens at the end of this movie if she never falls off the roof her violin breaks she gets a different violin she still goes to the audition she gets the part the chair or whatever and she never makes up with the boys yeah and then she never has to deal with david and eventually divorce him for getting in another drunk driving incident and then marry philip and philip hits her on aim a few years later 10 years later and they meet up in new york city yeah and they yeah they reunite ignite 
But she so lives in LA now. Totally doesn't work out. Why would she be in LA? I don't know. I'm oh. just making up this. Story. Well, they were from Colorado. I feel like that's how we don't it's know where go. they're from, right? But we talked about that. It kind of looks like Colorado to me. It looks totally like Colorado. I have to assume it's somewhere cool. in Colorado, but uh, no confirmation. Well, uh, that's kind of the movie, guys. Boom, bam. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I highly recommend this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, um, in this movie that you highly recommend, what was your favorite part? Give me your highlight. I love the character of Emily so much. Oh, that's I very just, sweet. It, she made me so emotional following her journey, and I was not expecting to be this attached to this movie and this character, and it just kind of was a left hook like i just didn't know what was coming and i'm blown away so that's i mean literally her performance and how well done this actually is for what it is i i I think it's masterful i i don't think you can get a better like young adult tale than this Mm. is it her ambition is it her burden of keeping secrets like what is it it's her attachment to music i mean i'm bonded to Mm. to her drive to be immersed in this. And I laugh and poke fun at the idea of her asking every boy if they play an instrument, but I kind of get that. It's her passion and she knows what she wants. And there are very few people in this world that know what they want. And I respect that character so much. Um, It's just sad. I don't know. It's not sad. It's relatable. And things about how it's relatable are sad. I can relate to her sadness and her happiness and her drive it, it's one of the most relatable kids' films you've shown me. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, I, I seriously almost did not pick this movie. I'm upset because I wanted something a little bit more jovial tonight, but that's not the way the show works. No, um, unfortunately and fortunately. But I'm all no. for being surprised. So th- this was a very welcome surprise. I mean, that that is literally my favorite part of the film is that character, her whole arc, um, following that and it's just touching and uh, so relatable for me personally in my life um, without getting into too much detail. But the other best thing about this is the line of, uh, I think more than one child perfectly is irresponsible. This is so brilliant. We have one kid. We're not having it. Same anymore. character says that line though. Uh-huh. Love her. Yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. No judgment on people who have more than one kid, but for me in my household, <laughs> we will choose to have one kid. We got it right the first time. Yeah, she's a gem. So yeah, my least favorite thing about this would be... Um, Give me that low light. I mean, part of it is how off guard I was for this. I mean, I, I was not expecting it, so a bit of a low blow in some ways. Oh. But um, I do want to know, what if she never falls off the roof? R- really, what happens there? I don't think that she reconciles with these guys, and that's sad to me. Because I really want her to... I don't want it to play out the way it plays out, but mm-hmm. I want her to at least be open to the the older brother and to, you know, respect him a little bit more and understand him a little bit more. Definitely. I think they should be friends, but I think that the she's she's 14, he's 15. The other guy's 12 and a half. Yes. And why does it matter which one she gets with age-wise? Right, and another 10 years that's really not going to be a big deal. None of it matters. So I feel like there's a disservice to my second favorite and almost tied for favorite character, which is Fill It Up Lennox. Fill it up. This I actor, love him oh so much, man. I don't know what this so, actor is doing now. That's gonna, my least favorite thing. Yeah. He's yeah, got, yeah. He, they did him dirty. They did. And the actor is so good. Oh, my yeah. goodness. 
He's fantastic and definitely who um, Emily should actually end up with. Yep. I full on ship Emily and Philip all yep. the way. Yeah. Fantastic. All Fill right. So Fill I'm, it up. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. My highlight for the film. Are you ready? Yeah, I would like to hear what you would shine a whole bright old light on. I'm going to shine a light on the following. All right, everybody, I'm happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Drug. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is the ZZ Top classic, She's Got Legs, from 1983. One of the earliest um, videos on MTV, I believe. Uh, Well, it's definitely where ZZ Top rejuvenated their career and started making kind of story-driven music videos. Uh, And I say story loosely. And that is how we tie that. To this movie, uh, this has a very unclear, very loose narrative. Whereas the film we're watching today, you know, <laughs> toy, it's pretty good, yeah. Uh, and I love this music video. And my experience was, you know, being a little kid just growing up with MTV, and this was a very early image for me, and mostly the guys. Um, I don't remember much more than the car and the guitars and the beards, hmm. Interesting. Kind of describes ZZ Top, though. That really does. And when I was preparing to show this to you, I thought this is going to be a little bit misogynistic, maybe, just because I know that the song is She's Got Legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't know that it is a, like overly sexist or sexual, even. This is weird. Um, well, it is, and I will explain why. It's interesting. Because of the hot dogs? Well, no, not, not because of the hot dogs, Ryan. Um, it's interesting because I, I know this song, and yeah, it does sound very sexist, but then they're like, she's got like, she knows how to use them because she's working two different jobs, and she has to use them. Well, she also can walk out whenever she wants. Yeah, she can walk out whenever she wants. But then we have this grease the musical situation where uh, she full on Sandy's and <laughs> <laughs> becomes a totally different person. Yeah, can you tell me what happens in this? Because I'm not, I'm not really uh, yeah, sure. I'm what not happens. sure. Um, she's working two jobs. A guy steps on her hand while she's working at a shoe store. Yeah, that was a really creepy then, scene. Everybody was on Sandy. top of each other the yeah. whole time. It was like blocking didn't exist. It was very, very strange. They were graping. That is a theater term. When too many actors are on the same side of the stage. Wow. Graping. Nice. Um, thank that makes you. sense to me. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very weird. She gets her hand stepped on, and then all of a sudden, ZZ Top magically appears, and then there are all of these other women, and it's very like beauty school dropout. If you n- have seen Grease as many times as I have, <laughs> um, they just show up, and they're there to guide her and teach her how she needs to uh, dress and wear her hair, and they give her a full makeover. It's so, really weird. What is ZZ Top's role in this? Not exactly? sure. Um, I think... 
They are God, and they just uh, say where the angels need to go. That's the impression I'm getting. They're just there to play the theme music and spin fuzzy guitars. They're the muse. Or wait, they're the... Yeah, the muse. Soundtrack. The muse. They are the muse? Yeah. Okay. Or um, the Greek they're, chorus. They are the inspiration for her change. They are the um, the spark that, you know, turns her world into her world. Sure. Ooh. Into her world. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, into cool world. It goes full cartoon. And then Brad Pitt shows up. Um, She's got legs world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating. Also, 80s fashion. What are you? Not sure. What are you? This thing is so clunky. Everything about it's clunky as hell. Um, Socks and heels, I am a big fan of. I will fully admit that. Is that your favorite band, Socks and Heels? Socks and Heels. Absolutely. They're out of Seattle. Of course they are. Of course they are. No, I mean, I'm all about some socks and heels, but like she comes out and is supposed to look so much better, but she is wearing a loose fitting tank top over a ripped t-shirt with a skirt made of tulle and it's belted. Like what the fuck is happening? We've now talked more about what they're wearing than what happens. Yeah. I, I think it's time to give up on this. I'm done, man. Well, with that said... Yeah. You got anything you like about this? I do. Um, There is a weird moment when ZZ Top is not playing guitar and they do the Willy Wonka hand thing where they make the wave with their You mean hands. their choreography? Their choreography. <laughs> their, it's their brilliant. limited choreography. The yeah. one little bit. Um, it's endearing. I get it. Very cool. Super yeah. fan. <laughs> All right. Least favorite thing. Um, The Sandy element for sure. Um, She is a woman with ambition, and then uh, men show up, and she has to change her whole vibe, her whole look. Yeah. She definitely gets fired from both of her jobs. (laughs) This poor woman. She gets fired? Yeah, she totally gets fired. Because my favorite thing was going to be the whole idea of uh, or realizing that that perspective of she got legs means she can go, man. She can just kick rocks and do whatever she needs to do. But she did not leave voluntarily. Um, no, she's for sure fired. I'm so lost on this story. <laughs> she is. She's so fired. I don't know. And that's so. That's what's so ironic. Um, the way they sold this, uh, the record was a big change for this band. They were traditional like blues rock band, and yeah, they started I know doing like nothing about ZZ. Top. They start doing synth stuff because you know it just they weren't hitting, and uh, they try something new, and some of the fans weren't really feeling it. And it is a very dramatic change in sound for them. They the thing that works though is the accompanying videos, and they realize they're not super interesting. Yes, they look kind of interesting, but other than that, you they don't do. want to just watch them jam on this song, right? Right. So no. they incorporate narrative, and they become a huge hit because this is the genesis of MPV, and they are at the forefront of turning uh, MPV into more story-driven thing, and as opposed to performance-driven videos. I am definitely a fan of a story-driven music video. All about it. Casey Musgraves' new yeah. Starcrossed. Yeah. So into it. I mean, anything. Yeah. So I think that's when I'm a kid, that's why I'm drawn to that. So, cool. you know, that's really cool. But um, if I don't like something about this. Go for it. And I realize, I don't know if it's just the YouTube video or the mix we heard. Uh, if it's the actual album mix, this sounds terrible to me. It's bad. And I think I'm hyper-focused on that because of 
you know, me being involved in recording and mixing and mastering projects currently. And I'm just like really hyper-focused on Sonics. And uh, yeah, I would, I would have made different choices for this. Definitely. And um, I don't mix a master for a living. And I still noticed that it was weird. This could very well just be the YouTube video. That is That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure, but I wasn't really happy with the way it sounded. Yeah, no, uh, definitely not. But, I mean, the music's good. I like this song. I like it a lot more now that it has this cool narrative where it's like she's got legs, but she's using them to work. Yeah. So back off, everybody. They really didn't show legs. They showed a lot of legs. But not, like, sexily. It was not <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. It was not like Rocket. There's nothing erotic about it. Rocket was super erotic. This is the antithesis of that. It is For, meant to be very erotic, but is not at all. I mean, we live in 2021. Meg the Stallion mm-hmm. is showing leg all day. Yeah. So... She's got leg to show. I think we're spoiled. We see a we see a song title. She's got legs, and we just assume it's going to be all legs. But isn't that the difference in modern lyricism versus you know, um, God, that is still modern lyricism, ZZ Top, frankly. But if I had um, to think of a, there's something more poetic about this than what we get a lot of now. Hmm, And I sound like an old man saying that. Uh, Yeah. But uh, on the whole, (laughs) I think. it's true that people tried a little bit harder to be subversive or cryptic or poetic, yeah. you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, if I had to make a music video for this song, it definitely would have been like a jazzercise aerobics music video where they're just in like the swimsuit leotard thing that was really big in the 80s. And it would be like Jamie Lee Curtis. and yeah. um, This is the era of like the jazzercise. They could have gone like high-waisted everything, you know what I mean? She's got legs and she knows how to work out. Show the whole fucking leg. Do the leg. The whole leg. Do the stanky leg. Do, wow. (laughs) Get that leg in there. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. For sure. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you for um, showing me this music video. I like the song a lot better. So you know what? Thank you for showing me this music video. Right the hell on. Very much appreciated. Happy to expose you to yet another classic music video. <laughs> so guys, we're going to get back to this film. I hope you're enjoying the show. Shrug. So my favorite thing about this movie is the new perspective and respect that I have for the main character. That's kind of a weird thing to go with, but like, join me on this journey. I'm following. Okay? I-, I talked about how fascinated I was with um, how she would play with the TV and how that reminded me a lot of how our kid will strut her stuff while RuPaul is on. It um, invigorated that childlike ambition and spirit in me. And it was kind of a cool feeling to revisit, you know, this like, I can do anything and I will be here by this age. And, you know, I've got 10 more years to go until I'm like a full-fledged adult and, and will be where I dream I will be. You know, there's, there's so much hope and excitement and ambition. And it was really, really cool to like be a part of that while watching this movie play out. It was a pleasant feeling to be yeah. a part of. I, that is like totally so appropriate, you know. Uh, this movie does that. 
Yes. It pulls you into it and reveals things or like just confirms things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it makes the experience of life um, more relatable, um, less like hyper-focused on, on you. Uh, there are so many perspectives in this that, that are relatable mm-hmm. that you see the whole story through everybody's eyes. And that's a really, really powerful way to write a story. Yeah. No, it really is. It was fun to revisit that feeling and just be a part of that emotion again. We have weight for every character in this. Every character we're introduced to, we care about. And mm-hmm. we there think about that. Like how many times we watch mostly shitty movies, but we'll we'll watch something and say who do we care about? And who do we not care about here? Oh, I care about all of the even the parents. Every I care about the parents. I care about the really stupid dad I, singing on a rooftop with I, his daughter. Like that's so nice. I understand every single one of them. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I root for all of even David. I mean, David's supposed yeah. to be the bad kid. I'm oh, rooting no. for him. No, no, he, yeah, I I'm with you, man. He he's not misunderstood. He's just going through some shit. Yeah. That's he's, it. Testing the boundaries of his universe. And thank God he's got understanding cool people around him. Very true. Very true. Um, Very much on board for that. It was great to uh, participate in kid problems for a little bit and and just be a part of the kid ambition. Should this have been called kid problems? Kid problems? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Actually, that's way better than little secrets. Are you kidding me? It just makes me think of um, that (laughs) All-American Rejects song. Every single time, like uh, the whole entire time we've been talking about this movie, all I can think of is, I'll tell you my dirty little secrets. Yeah. Do you know what song I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this is, uh, this precedes um, that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course so. it does. Otherwise, of this course. would have been purchased. The rights would have been <laughs> in the obtained. remake, in the Disney Channel remake of this. So, my least favorite thing is. <coughs> you good? So my least favorite thing is how heavy-handed the adoption shit becomes towards the end. It was aggressive and um yeah, not not totally for it. As a little kid, totally didn't recognize it, but as an adult when um the neighbor mom, David and Philip's mom is at the baby shower, She's like, oh, those last couple of weeks, they take forever, as I'm sure you already know. Wink, wink. And I'm just not a fan of how much of a big deal they make out of this. We already know that she's adopted. We already know that she knows that she's adopted and she doesn't want other people to know. I don't think we necessarily need all these scenes where the mom is made to feel guilty for keeping a secret that her kid has asked her to keep. Hmm. The mom gives this kind of guilty look like, I really wish I could be honest with these new neighbors, but I can't because I've promised my daughter that I'll keep the secret for her. It's a guilt trip, I think, that she's laying on her. It is a, um, you should have dealt with this by now. And it's a mom, that's a very mom way of saying you should have dealt with this by now. It's, I can't do something because you won't let me. It's like, look at what your inability to overcome this obstacle is doing to me. Better better way to put that, yes. I don't think that's fair. You know, 
As a mom, I'm choosing my kid all day over the new neighbors, you know? Choosing moms choose their kids. And also, if the neighbor is going to be like that heavy-handed about it, <laughs> fuck them. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely picking my kid. If that's what my kid needs. And I mean, that's going to differ from parent to parent. But this parent is totally on board for being the emotional support that that my kid needs. <laughs> your kidneys my kidneys yeah there we go man we've run it up we've run it down i don't even have to ask would you run away or would you make this bitch famous i am surprised this bitch is not already famous right seriously i'm so happy you feel this way i can't believe this this movie has not um been mentioned to me really um it's so good and I really like the star, but I can't say I've, I've, you know, known her in anything other than Westworld. I can't, I can't name another movie or anything. Definitely not. Other than this movie. Now, so very course. happy to see her, you know, very early on. Um, and, and she grows in the movie. There are just so many leaps and bounds that she is making, um, in maturity while acting through this film. So, uh, that was cool, and it's a perfect role for her. The whole thing just works. Yeah, it should be famous. Good. Let's go. Good. Okay, cool, cool. Um, uh, do you feel like you've learned something new about me, about our relationship, having watched this movie? This makes me feel better. You've watched me a lot. Uh, you've watched me. Um, you <laughs> I have. This, this makes me feel better because uh, you've made me view... Uh, Plenty of very strange kids' films with um, some <laughs> odd dynamics in age Blank and check. sexuality. Being one of them. That's not indicative of one's personality. That's just what you've seen. Um, but at the same time, I haven't enjoyed a lot of it either. So right. that's, you know, kind of the big moment here is this is amazing to me. Hmm. I am so impressed with this film, and thank you. So like, really, the thing that you've learned is that I did watch at least one good kid movie. No, it's the wherewithal to have held on to this Yeah, is impressive. This is my this little is, secret. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. You slapped us with the, the whole um, crux of the film. Mm -hmm. Secrets. The title. Yeah. I gave you that title. The right titular back. point of the film. The motif. The titty of the film. <laughs> the the titty. titular point. <laughs> the titular point. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ryan. Thank you for so aptly putting that. Well, thanks for the titty of the film. <laughs> Anytime. Um, yeah. Favorite question of the night. Well, what are we going to watch next episode? What are we watching next? Well, I have a real deep cut. It is a 1983, excuse me, 85 rom-com called Just One of the Guys. And um, it's basically a gender bender. Yay! Yeah. All right. A um, gender bender film from 1985 does not make me nervous at all. Yeah. It should. Uh, it really does. I don't does. know if I'm, I'm using the phrase properly here. I'm very concerned. Mm -hmm. um, if it is Mrs. Doubtfire-esque, I'm so looking forward to this. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah? I think we're in for a treat, guys. Okay, okay, cool. If it's um, She's the Man-esque, I'm super looking Juana forward to Man-esque it. Juana Man-esque, even. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen it, audience, you might want to watch this one before you listen to us clown over it. Um, this is going to be very special. I remember this, not fondly, but well. Um and it's just, it definitely left a mark on my uh, little brain oh, <laughs> as a boy. film viewer. Guys, this is uh, getting close to Halloween. So we're going to have some holiday stuff coming up too. Uh, looking forward to that. So you know how to hit us up. Absolutely. You can email us at lookwhatyoumademeview at gmail.com. Or if you would like to slide into our DMs, you can find us at lookwhatyoumademeview on instagram we've got cute little cartoons drawn by yours truly we've got updates we've got bonus episodes um yeah we've got fun little gifts that we put in our stories so come check us out on our instagram also uh if you have a friend a family member a spouse a kid somebody you think would enjoy our podcast feel free to share Make them view it. Make them view it. Okay. Well, you'd make them listen to it. <laughs> you can't make but them view our podcast. You get what we're You can saying. make them view our Instagram page. That mm. is what you could do. They'll catch a vibe for which films they may be interested in because I think that's the important part is there's really no starting point for our show, even though we have seasons and all that. Um, I think you start with movies that you're familiar with, anything uh, that you are particularly attached to because the whole point of this podcast is to say, hey, man... I love this thing. You've never seen this. Um, so that's probably the best entry point. Start there. Uh, earlier, the better, of course. So then you can follow through. But uh, yeah, just f find your way. And then uh, you might enjoy watching some of the other movies after that. I've been pleasantly surprised by at least two of the films you have shown me. Some of these are <laughs> bombs, though, guys. And we apologize. But, you know, it's not unlike podcasts to talk about shitty movies. So... That's very true. Shaboing boing. There are a million podcasts about shitty movies. Yeah. We happen to be kind of ish one of them. Until our next episode, thank you so much for listening in. We can't wait to hear from you guys. And we hope that everybody has a lovely couple of weeks until we're back. We'll see you for just one of the guys. And you'll be just one of our listeners all over again. So goodbyes. <laughs> goodbyes, guys. <laughs> Good bars, guards. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new rap name, Gars. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing. <laughs>